Matt, thank you. Worship team, great uh, start to this night of worship. Uh, as I'd ask for you to turn your attention to uh, Luke chapter 1, as uh, we continue a, a sermon series that I started at the beginning of December in this song of praise that Mary wrote uh, as she had just spent time with Elizabeth, needed the encouragement and the, the reminder of the promises of God from Elizabeth. And she wrote this song by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as she carried that baby, Jesus. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. Let me read this song of praise from Mary again. This song, uh, as John MacArthur would say, this is a, a, the psalm of the New Testament. I think that's a great way to describe this. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. To generation. He has sown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones. And exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. I have asked you to think about this song on Mary's heart throughout the Christmas season. Can you sing a song of praise like Mary? What we have learned from Mary's song by inspiration, here's a, just a little bit of a summary here. Her Savior would be born. Go to that summary. There you go. Mary's song of praise. We see that Mary's praising God that her Savior would be born. Mary needed a Savior, and so do we. God showed her grace. It said, he showed her favor by choosing her. That's grace. The same grace we receive. Verse 49, God can do the impossible. He is mighty, Mary says. That word mighty, it carries the idea that God can do the impossible. He makes the things that are impossible, possible. Like being born, God in the flesh, through a virgin, Mary. Mary sings praises that God can do the impossible. She feared the Lord so she could sing praises. This means that she worshipped who God is. What the Bible teaches about who God is. She worshipped him she was in awe of him 
she knew her God. In those verses 51 through 55, we kept seeing he has, he has, he has, because Mary knew her God. Over 20 Old Testament references in this song, Mary knew her God and she sing praises to him. Mary's song should not be any different than any follower of Jesus Christ tonight. This evening, I want to look at just one word from this song. This song of praise. Look at verse 50 again. It says, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. I mentioned before that this song has as many as 20 Old Testament references that shows ultimately Mary's great love of God's word. But this reference, Psalm or Luke 1:50, is a direct reference from Psalm 103, verse 17. The psalmist says, But the mercy, loving kindness, loving devotion of the Lord, is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him. I want you to notice something. Stay on this verse. The Hebrew word used for mercy can also be translated, as I put here, loving kindness and loving devotion. It's the Hebrew word hasad. I think this is important. This is why I want to focus on this this morning. Because it gives us more weight to the word mercy, as if maybe mercy needed a little bit more weight. Mercy is what Mary is singing praises to God for. Mercy, biblically, is defined as God withholding punishment, granting forgiveness instead of the penalty that every single one of us deserve. The punishment that we all deserve here is an eternal separation from God. God's wrath. Merry Christmas. This punishment that is deserved by all of us here is because we sin. We reject God's word. We reject God's instruction. We do not trust him. So God, in his mercy, his loving kindness, his loving devotion, by the way, this is needed to bridge the gap between us and God. Mercy. We cannot save ourselves. And because 
of our sin nature, we have no desire apart from God working in us to want this separation healed. God wants the separation healed. He loves us with a mercy, a loving devotion that says he's going to do something about it. So he sent his son, born of the flesh, so that he could be the punishment for my sins. To be the bridge to our separation from God. This is mercy. This loving devotion for you and for I is what Mary's singing about. This evening, I just want you to consider just a couple things about God's mercy that you will never forget, not just on Christmas, but every day. Mary sings this song of praise, and so should every believer in Christ. Here's what God's mercy shows. Mary's praise for God's mercy because it shows God's mercy is loyal. His mercy, His loving kindness, His loving devotion is loyal. What does this mean? The reference used in verse 50, again, go to Psalm 103, verse 17. This, this cannot be lost on us that Mary is referencing Psalm 103, verse 17. Because mercy in Psalm 103, verse 17 can also be defined as God's loyalty. His mercy demonstrates that God is loyal. Look at verse 50 again. His mercy is for those that fear Him. Listen, God is loyal to save you and I. His mercy means that you and I will not get what we deserve, period. Because he is loyal to his promise. This is why Jesus came to this earth. God is loyal to his promise. What's the promise you should be asking? What is the promise that God demonstrates that he's loyal? Well, we need to turn to the very first book of our Bibles. And that's found in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. Where God tells Adam and Eve, I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your offspring and her offspring. He, meaning Jesus, shall bruise your head, Satan. And you will bruise his heel. This is God's promise. When Adam and Eve sinned, they brought sin to everyone. 
all of us. And God said to them, I will be loyal to my promise. I will send a Savior. Psalm 103, Luke chapter 1, verse 50, Mary's song. She's saying, God is loyal. He's doing what he promised. This is our God. And Mary sings praises to God. Because he's loyal to anyone who fears him. We live in a world of broken promises, don't we? We promise to love and to cherish all the days of our lives. We promise to be better. We promise to be on time. Don't look around. Don't elbow. We promise to work out. May this verse be a reminder that God never breaks his promises. Through Jesus, his promise is fulfilled. God also promises that he's coming again. And he will restore the earth that he created. Are you ready? God is loyal. His mercy demonstrates it. And God's mercy is loyal. Secondly, I see God's mercy is lasting. Same verse 50. Verse 50 says again, For his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Again, if you don't understand scripture, let me, let me explain something. When scripture uses a term like generation and couples it with the word of a same time frame like generation, when it's repeated twice like that in scripture, it indicates infinity, eternity. Psalm 103 verse 17, again, uh, the very text by which Mary is remembering his mercy the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Again, same sort of thought process of generation to generation. The idea is this. God's mercy lasts for eternity. We all need to know that God's mercy lasts. If Christmas presents that we give doesn't show us yearly, that nothing on this earth lasts. I don't know what does. The gifts we give for Christmas don't last. They wear out. The gift of Jesus, if received, is forever. John writes in 1 John 
5.11, and this is the testimony, that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in the Son. To receive Jesus, the gift from God, is to have a gift that lasts for eternity that you can live today knowing. It's the best gift. It's the only gift that you will ever need. Mary sings praise to a mercy that lasts to eternity. As we look at all of these things, these, these reasons for songs of praise, all of us should be able to sing this song that know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So the application, I think, as we go through these things, the question would be, so who is the mercy for? Well, it says in verse 50, to those who fear the Lord. What kind of people are you, or am I, the kind of people that fear the Lord? Well, the, the song tells us the kind of people that fear the Lord. And so this is our application. This should be our application so that we can sing a song like this. Mary tells us what kind of people fear the Lord. The first kind of people that fear the Lord are humble people. Look at verse 52 again. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. God rejects the proud. If you don't need him, and you think you can do it all alone, then that's exactly what you will be. And you will be separated from God. Listen to me. This song is not about you. Like the old Carly Simon song. Let me get this in your head, because it's been in mine. You're so vain. You probably think this song is about you. Don't you? Don't you? Now it's in your head. So, Merry Christmas again. The people who reject God don't ever need Him. They've got it all together. You know, the Bible tells us that you will miss heaven if you do not see yourself as ungodly. Isn't that a contradiction? Listen, you must humble yourself. Or you will be humbled. Mary's song is written about her God and her Savior. What song are you writing? Humble yourself today. James writes in chapter 4, verse 10, Humble yourself before the Lord, and He will exalt you. But it's not just the humble that are ones that fear the Lord. The application is to be humble, but it's also to be hungry. Look at verse 53. He has filled the hungry with good things. 
and the rich he sent away empty. Are you hungry for the Lord? Listen to the hungriness of the psalmist David in Psalm 63. He says, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and your glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips praise you. That sounds like somebody who's hungry for the Lord. Jesus would tell us in John chapter 6, he would say, Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never feed, shall never thirst. You must be hungry so that God can fill you. And then you'll never be hungry again. Are you hungry? Do you remember a time when you were starving for the Lord? Listen, if you're already full of other things, then of course Jesus will only be an appetizer to your life. Maybe, just maybe, consider that you've never actually been hungry for the Lord. You've never really been hungry for what Jesus is offering you. And this is the reason nothing has changed in your life because you've never been hungry for Jesus. You've never realized how much Jesus loves you and that he died for you on the cross. He died for your sins. You've never seen yourself as needing anything. Consider this in Revelation chapter 7. To those of us who know Christ, the Bible is very clear. Revelation 7 says, They shall hunger no more, neither will they thirst anymore. This is what we look forward to. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat, for the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. Oh, I look forward to this day. And He will guide them to the springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear in their eye. Are you hungry? When you trust Jesus as Lord and Savior for His work on the cross, you will know what it means to be full. May this Christmas season not just be another year of a Christmas season, but a life-changing realization of what Jesus has done for you that lives every day of the year. That's what God wants for you. And it's only found in His Son, Jesus Christ, who came to this earth to die, to live a perfect life so that He could be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Would you confess that today? If you have confessed that today, 
then sing a song of praise every day for what Jesus has done for you. Let's pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, I thank you. For we are reminded in this song of praise of the work that Jesus, you would do. That you must, you had to be born. You had to live a perfect life so that you could be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. We are thankful for your mercy. We all deserve to be separated from you, God, because of our sin. And you have provided forgiveness through your Son. Jesus, thank you. May you get all the glory. For it's in your name I pray, in Jesus' name, amen.